0: Welcome back to the Life on Learners podcast. Hope you're doing well. Today we're going to be talking about watch movements and how they are constructed. Now, I know that you've probably heard terms about in-house movements and um, mass-produced movements. Maybe you've heard of ETA, Valjoux. um, And uh, today I wanted to talk about sort of like where watchmaking was originally. Um, If you go back, maybe let's say... uh, if we go back maybe, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy years ago, I want to talk about how watch movements were sort of used and utilized by uh some of the big uh players in the in the industry. And then sort of compare and contrast it to what's going on today with um how people view uh watch movements and watch movement construction by by some of the brands that they love and watch houses that they love. So the reason why I'm thinking about this this topic is um John Goldberger or Armando did his about a month ago Hodinki did a part 2 of talking watches with him and something that was really cool is he actually brought three pocket watches one from Vacheron uh, sorry one from Patek Philippe one from Orma Piguet, and then I believe one from Cartier and each of them had the same base movement that was produced they were shipped to the, each of the manufacturers, and the manufacturers um, made some modifications to it to make it their own movement. But that was really um, the way that watch movements were, were bought and, um, and modified by watch companies, where there'd be a big house who would, who would sell watch mo- movements to, or be requested to make watch movements for a specific brand, and they would um, ship them to the brands to, to make the modifications. And so when they were there, when they were talking about this, I I immediately thought of this really beautiful uh, Vacheron Constantin reference sixty two ninety from the nineteen fifties that I have covered on the channel, and um, the watch runs on a caliber called the caliber one thousand three, and if you look at our article, we sort of talk about, uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the article so you can read about it. But um, the the watch, the 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 specific caliber was developed. It started to be developed in nineteen fifty two, and three years later, it was presented in nineteen fifty five. Um, and this was a, a watch movement that they requested be created by uh, Gigi le or or JLC. Um, but they were not the only brand who requested this watch movement to, um, or a movement like this to be produced. Orma Pige was another brand who, who requested this movement. And so I thought the Vacheron was a good kind of watch to talk through um, about, uh, about how this sort of relates. So let's say we're in the 1950s and I'm a watch manufacturer and I want to produce a, a movement, I want to have a movement that's, um, that is, uh, has specific, you know, I don't know, thinness or, or specific uh, size. I would go to a a movement maker like uh, Gégé Lecoultre who manufactured movements for many of the big brands, and you would request that movement be produced. And so that's what um, Vacheron Constantin and Orma Piguet did. They they requested a movement similar to, with the specific specifications, and um, Gégé Lecoultre uh, produced the Calibre 803, which... um, they actually, I don't believe, used in any of their pieces, but they sold to Vacheron Constantin or Pigue. And so with this movement, they, Vacheron Constantin made modifications to it, did some decorating of the movement, and produced their uh, Caliber 1003 manual wine movement, which is a phenomenally finished movement, really beautiful to look at. There's a picture on Instagram, I'll see if I can find a link to it, um, so you can see what it looks like on, on this specific 6290, because it really is a beautiful movement. But as I mentioned, Audemars Piguet also um, requested that this movement be uh, sold to them. And they created the caliber 2003. So very similar movement or the same movement construction, just finished a little bit differently um, for uh, for the Audemars Piguet uh, watches. And so what you often find is um, very, very similar watches of the 1950s or 40s, 50s, 60s, where they use very... Um, movements that look very similar to one another may be called something different, but in essence have the same base movement. Um, and what's really interesting is it even goes so far as um, as where the cases of the watches that these movements are housed in look very, very similar. So um, I was recently just looking at some au- old auction catalogs and I saw a Automa Piguet, I'm forgetting the reference, but it had a caliber 2003 movement in it and it had a square white gold case. And what's really cool about that is the 6290 from Vacheron Constantin also has a square 26 by 26 millimeter um, white gold case. And so I'm not sure who actually produced the cases, but I can imagine that these cases were produced by the same manufacturer and Automa Piguet and Vacheron Constant both asked for the for the cases to be delivered for this specific movement that they produced. Um and so that's what you got. You got brands who released very similar watches with very similar movements just finished differently according to the 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 brands sort of wants and needs. Um and today the the equivalent of that is what what you would probably imagine is something like Taking taking an ETA movement, modifying it, and putting it into a into a uh, into a into a watch that your manufacturers is um, is producing. Now, um, what's weird is when I say something like that, it's often felt like, it often feels like that's sort of such a taboo topic where watch manufacturers. Who take ETA movements modify them to their specifications or just do, do a little bit of finishing to them and then put them into their watch A lot of the times people think it's kind of like ripping um, ripping the consumer ripping a, 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 a client off because the movements are relatively inexpensive to, to buy from from uh, from these brands Now I think there's a whole discussion that, that can come through when it comes to like mass producing movements or these movements that are produced in so many, um, such large quantities, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole discussion to be had about that. And I don't think I really want to comment on, on that specific thing, but what you can do, I think is do something similar to what John Goldberger did. Take, take a, um, three watches from three different brands, put them side by side and say, and compare them and say, these all run on the, I don't know, ETA, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I'm going to compare to see, um, you know which, which one I think was better executed, looks better, feels better, um, and, and go from there, because I think there is some validity in, in looking at watches as they used to, because I think now there is such a focus on in-house manufacturing. So they want to buy a, a want, consumers or clients want to buy, and collectors want to buy watches that have been produced. From A to Z within the manufacturer, they want Vacheron Constantin or Automat Piquet to take a, a, um, base idea, come up with a movement that would um, allow them to execute on that idea, make every single part, uh, um, make every single part, put the parts together, create the cases, and that's just not how it used to be done. Um, but there's so much uh focus on having watches that are they're producing watches and, and buying watches and collecting watches that have in-house everything i don't have an opinion on which way you want to collect i think you can collect and have fun on both ways um and, and be just as satisfied with the with the watches that you're that you uh that you have in your collection um but I, I, what I don't like is when people, what, not not when there's snobbery around it, but just like, I think understand that other people collect differently, and and you don't have to have, um, have a. Uh, you don't have to only have a, a watch collection that has in-house movements. A really great um, comparator of this is um, the uh, the new brand that's coming out, the JCB Ver. Um, watch brand that that should be re- uh, releasing a watch, I believe, in March, or a, a group of watches in March, where Jean Claude Biver and his, and his son Pierre have created a, a watch brand, and I've watched a couple of interviews with them, and they've sort of spoken about the movements that they're that they're uh, using in their pieces, and they are manufactured by a watch movement um, maker but they then come in house and the the finishing is is applied to them. So it'll be really cool to see where that brand goes and and see what happens with their movements because um you know uh, I I I I think everyone respects Jean-Claude Biver for everything that he's done for the watch um the watch world, the watch um the watch industry. And so for him to create a brand that does this, I think it's Showing validity to to this idea and and not saying that you have to have in house everything, um, so yeah, it, I'm I'm excited to see what what they come out with and and the success that they have. I'm sure that it's going to be um, absolutely beautiful to to the watches that they end up um, that they end up releasing. Um. So. I, I think this is a really interesting topic i'd love to talk to you guys about this so be sure to hit us up on our website or on our instagram because it is a really interesting in my opinion really interesting topic of how you know go back 70 years watch brands did use similar movements but finished them differently and sold their pieces um and that looked very very similar to one another um they used similar case case makers um and now when watch brands do it, a lot of the times people feel like it's, it's a cheapening of, their, of, the, of the product in some way or they think it's not worthy of being in a, in a collection, which I think is a little, I think, to me, short-sighted. Like, I think you need to be open to more than one possibility of ways of collecting. Um, in house movements and in-house manufacturing is incredible and in my opinion, if you want to do something like that you should only be collecting independent watch uh, makers because that's the true essence of what you're looking for uh, in those um, if you're looking for in house manufacturing in house design you go straight to independence and you'll you'll be able to enjoy um, enjoy those types of um, those types of uh, aesthetics or finishing on your on your piece. If you are new to the, to the podcast, be sure to follow us. And if you wouldn't mind rating us, really, us, help me out. Check out, check out the links in the in the show notes. There'll be links to, to the talking watches, to the article about the sixty two ninety from Vacheron Constantin. I'll Also, try to put a, a, a link to the image of um, the sixty two ninety movement because it really is a, a a phenomenal shot. I took it with a with a loop systems macro. Um, lens which is really cool uh the the MBNF did a collaboration with loop systems the lpx uh, rocket and they had loops and you actually can take the loop and attach it to your camera on your phone and take these really beautiful macro shots um, i'll be covering the lpx on wednesday on on youtube and in edit on and we'll have an article about it so stay tuned for that um if you want to see that but again back to what i was really talking about i digress the, the image of the 6290 really is beautiful, so be sure to check that out. Um, there'll be links in the show notes to all of our social media accounts as well, so you can uh, check us out there. With that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.